Say yak. That means yards after contact. And all your best runners, that's what uh, helps you measure them by, is not only how many touchdowns they got or how many yards that they have after the season, but how many yards they get after they've been hit. That's yards after content. That helps determine the better runners of today. And right now, LeGarrette Blunt has the record, okay? And, and that. So let's open our Bibles up to Nehemiah chapter 4. Please. If you don't have a Bible, look at your neighbors. And then let somebody know, and we'll make sure we get you one after services. There'll be some available, preferably at the info booth. Amen? And the tailgate party is the 28th. Okay? That's a Sunday. Don't go on Friday. Amen? Do you have it? Say amen. Amen. It says, now when Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. And he said in the presence of his brothers and of the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burn ones at that? Then Tobiah, the Ammonite, was beside him. And he said, yeah, what they are building. If a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn back their taunt on their own heads and give them up to be plundered in a land where they are captives. Do not cover their guilt and let not their sin be blotted out from your sight. For they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders. So we built the wall. And all the wall was joined together to half its height. For the people had a mind to work half the height. Verse 7. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashtorites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, they were angry. And they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. And we prayed to our God and set a guard as the protection against them. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Have your seat if you can. There's a story there, and we're going to try to pull some things out of Nehemiah's life to help instruct us or encourage us or to equip us of what to do when we're trying to do something for God, and yet we hit opposition. You see... When you have the ball, you don't just position yourself, Pastor Toby, and catch it. Now you got to make yards. Remember Bubba Gump or Forrest Gump? Amen. And so John Madden made that terminology a long time ago. He was the coach of one of those great losing teams, the Raiders. And so the next time you watch a football game, start watching 
the running backs that after the opposing team makes contact with them, how many yards they continue to make. You see, they don't just stop running when they get hit. Not the great ones. Not the ones that are going to score touchdowns. Not the ones that are going to help win the game. You see, like in baseball, you can hit all, get on third as many times as you want, but if you don't get home, you don't win. And so the great ones, they keep running. They don't stop. They don't throw the ball down. They don't quit. They don't cave in or crumble. And they sure don't start running the other way. They don't fumble away their opportunity to score. Do you get me? What does he do? What do the great running backs do? They keep their legs running. They keep their legs running in the right direction. They keep moving forward. They keep heading towards the goal. They keep in mind that I must score. We must win. Amen? But some of us in our life, we're never going to rebuild or build in our life and finish the job. Because as soon as we start building, or as soon as opposition begins to hit us, we want to quit. We want to go back to the huddle, regroup and replan. Maybe somebody else can run the ball this time. We simply just want to lie down, or we just might want to fumble the ball. And then some, even when it comes time to score, you're in a position now for your life to be changed. You're in a position now for your family to be restored. You're in a position now for your marriage to be built again. But what happens is when opposition starts coming, you might even want to turn around and run the other way. But builders and rebuilders, they keep moving forward after they're hit. It's the yards after contact that matter the most, not only in football, but in Christianity, in our lives. More often than not, it's the yards after contact that will determine if you score a touchdown or if you win. But if you go down as soon as you get hit, almost can be guaranteed that victory won't be yours. One thing that separates others from the others or yards after contact. Amen? There might be some people here today that you were building, or you might have been rebuilding, but you stopped. You stopped because there's been oppositions in your life. You see, it's a lot easier when we get hit to say, what's the use of trying? Things are always going wrong. Why does it always happen to me? You see, it's a lot easier to stop and quit. But remember, it's the yards that you make after you've been hit that make a difference in life. And some of us or you are here rebuilding your self-confidence. Some are here trying to rebuild your marriage. And you might be doing fairly well. But then out of nowhere, you get blindsided. You get hit out of left field. Is this only me? Or does this happen to others? You see, but you have to remember it's the yards after contact that will enable you to be an overcomer when these obstacles come. Nehemiah was the best in his league. He, had, he was the Garrett of his time. In fact, 
this is one of his real secrets to Nehemiah's success. And as you look at the book and as you look at chapter 4, you'll see that he was confronted with opposition. He was confronted with a couple different kinds of opposition. He had opposition from without. And then he had opposition from within. You see, Nehemiah was a true builder. And he was a true rebuilder. And he leaves you with some of these lessons. And that we want to learn to become overcomers. Anybody here want to be an overcomer? Anybody here rebuilders today? You see, you might have gotten started correctly. And you might even be able to rally up team spirit and get people excited. You might even know how to let go without letting up by maybe copying, delegating skills and learning how to be putting people in position. However, when it comes to rebuilding, you're never going to reach your goal if you don't know how to learn with conflict. If you don't know how to learn with uh, how to go through opposition. Can I get an amen? You see, overcoming your obstacles and gaining yardage after you've been hit. Anybody who gets serious about rebuilding. Anybody will get serious about doing anything great for God. You're going to meet opposition. You're going to get opposed. If you don't, you're maybe not trying to rebuild for real. It goes together like ham and eggs, steak and potatoes, corned beef and cabbage. Rebuilding and opposition go hand in hand. Sometimes it will come from without, like Sanballat and Tobiah. They'll rise up against you. And, 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 and sometimes it'll come from within. Judah was even coming against what Nehemiah was doing. His own people. Sometimes like Nehemiah, you're going to realize that what, who you're getting hit by is on your own team. What? How you deal with opposition will determine if you succeed or if you fail. Remember that it's the yards after contact. Say it. Say, keep going after you get hit. In chapter 4, when confronted with opposition, Nehemiah did four things that we can see and pull out of this lesson to help us to be an overcomer. First, he finished the job. He finished the job that he was called to perform. He kept making yards after he got hit. He kept running towards the goal. He kept the mission in mind. And he shows us how important it is to deal with conflict head on. Don't think that conflict is just going to go away because you close your eyes and you click your heels three times. You got to meet your conflict head on. Second, Nehemiah overcame his obstacles by making proper adjustments. You see, there was still a lot of debris or rubbish, they called it, there in front of the wall where he needed to rebuild. You can't rebuild on debris. You have to start making adjustments. You can't just keep moving on. Do you follow me? From time to time in your rebuilding process, you have to maybe take a time out. You got to take inventory, count your losses, regroup before you move on. Thirdly and next, Nehemiah overcame his obstacles by he kept doing the right thing. 
once he had dealt with conflict head on, once he made all the proper adjustments, he just kept doing the right thing. Say, do the right thing. Just because we're getting hit doesn't mean to do the wrong thing. Say, I must continue doing the right thing. He simply just kept doing the right thing. He watched and he worked with a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. He continued the process of building or rebuilding while keeping an eye out for the opposition. Say, keeping an eye out for the opposition. He didn't let the opposition detour him from the task that was ahead. He kept doing what was right. And then finally, number four, Nehemiah overcame these obstacles by rallying the troops. Nehemiah, it's important in rebuilding to keep everybody's eye on the go, to help keep each other focused on what we're doing in the task at hand, on the mission and purpose of why we're here. He not only began with his goal in mind, but he continued on that vein. Remember, it's the yards after contact. Now let's go to number one. What was it? Deal with obstacles head on. Deal with conflict head on. You see, he got started right. When Nehemiah started, he started right. And then he built the team spirit. And he let go without letting up. But then he starts facing his biggest obstacle and challenge of all, opposition. You see, don't think when you get serious about building that you're going to be able to do it without opposition. Don't think that you're going to get a new life and everything's just going to turn hunky-dory for you without a fight. Not, no victory comes without a battle. Do you hear me? In Nehemiah's case, his hits weren't only one, two, three, and that was it, but they were persistent one after another until the job was done. Don't fool yourself into thinking that opposition will just go away. But our challenge, church, is learning to overcome them. Learning how to deal with them. We need to accept challenges in our life. They're going to be there. But we have to learn how to deal with them. Nehemiah, like Legret Blunt and other great running backs of the day, we can name some more. Emmett Smith was bad in that area. He knew that it was the yards after contact that mattered the most into succeeding, victory, and rebuilding. When it comes with opposition, it came from without. That's in verses 1 to 3. But then it also started coming from within. And the outside opposition first came in the form of mocking and ridicule. When Sanballat had heard that Nehemiah was rebuilding the walls, it said that he became furious. Say haterade. You know what haterade is, right, church? Huh? You get a couple, uh, a little depression, mix it up with some jealousy, huh? Get a couple of co-signers, shake it, and you got some haterade. Hallelujah. Well, it said that he became furious and indignant, and he began to mock him. Are you with me? He asked, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Were they completed in a day? Huh? Then Tobiah got his two cents in. 
Whatever they build, if a fox was to walk on top of it, it will crumble. Huh? Do they really think that they could stay clean in the home? Do they really think that they can finish and complete the women's home? Do they really think that their marriage can work? Do they really think that they can finish Vetti? Do they really think that they, their family can be restored? I'm going to tell you something. It's going to crumble. They're going to fall. They're not going to make it. You know the voice of haters. And that's what Tobiah, he started saying, and Sanballat, they hiss from outside, they come in mocking, and they come in ridicule, and they hit Nehemiah at his morale, and they attacked his motives and his mission. They called him and his co-workers feeble Jews. Nothing but a bunch of sissy lalas in that church. Nothing but a bunch of dropouts in that church. But I'm going to tell you something. To be able to take a hit and continue going, no coward can do it. The mission that God has given us cannot be accomplished by a feeble person or a sissy lala. This takes real men. This takes real women of God to succeed. Sam Ballot was attacking the morale of the Jews. He was trying to tear them down through their self-worth. He was trying to weaken their determination, their commitment, and their loyalty. Have you ever met anyone like Sanballat? Don't point him out. They're without, remember? They were still talking about without. Here you are. You're in the middle of trying to rebuild, or you are rebuilding. Your walls are starting to go up, and someone along just starts coming and saying something that will try to hit your morale, or someone starts putting you down, and then you become tempted to respond like. You get tempted to maybe do something that will turn you from your job, from your calling, from your purpose, or your mission. But remember, it's the yards after that determines the real winners in rebuilding. Next, Nehemiah's motives were attacked. They said that he and his Jewish friends were simply doing it for themselves. Pastor Manuel, Matthew, Chris Pena, Pastor Adam, myself. Remember, we went to my brother's. My brother heard that I was going to L.A. for a conference. He said, stay at my house. I haven't had contact with my brother, my oldest brother, for years. But I figured God's restoring my family. So I said, okay, yeah, sure, but I don't roll alone. I'm Victory Outreach. He says, bring everybody that's with you with you. I said, are you sure? <laughs> you know how we rolled the conference? He said, yeah. So we went to his house. And the last day that we were there, we were going to eat somewhere else because he fed us great. And then I called him. I said, we're going to eat somewhere else. He goes, no, 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 no. You guys got to come over here. I got something. I, got, I cooked Pastor Adam's favorite uh, barbecue ribs. So we go to his house. He had a whole table set up. His whole family was there. They're all neat, nice, and pretty. Had their hair combed, teeth brushed, smiling at us. Looked kind of weird. Looked like a clean family. It was weird. And he said, I have to admit something. I know I invited my brother here, and so I let all you guys here because I figured he had everybody over there food. Me. He said, I didn't believe Greg was clean. I didn't believe that he was actually living for God. 
I believed he had my mom food. I believe he had all Northern California food, but he ain't going to fool this Southern guy. And so he had us go over there. And he says, during this week, not only am I convinced that God changed his life and your life, I want what you guys got. But you have to expect that people are going to come against your motives and say that you're not really doing it, that your heart really ain't in it. You're just trying to trick somebody. You're just trying to fool somebody. You're just trying to get back in your house with your honey or your mama or fool your parole officer or the court or something like that. You're going to get attacked, man. They ain't really doing it for what's real. Your motives will get attacked. The opposition in accusing Nehemiah was a selfish motive and what he was doing. Sam Ballots of this world can't understand why you're doing something for God's glory. Say haters. haters. And we got to love haters. Matter of fact, we'll name this day from now on, hug a hater. <laughs> what did Jesus say on the cross? Forgive them. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. They haven't tasted this. We've got to get them in. Don't bite. But anyway, if you're in the process of rebuilding, don't be surprised if someone sees your walls going up and they begin to attack it. Not only your morale, but also your motives. When this happens, remember, yards after contact. Get hit, keep moving forward. They also attacked his mission. They begin to question whether... He would ever really finish the job and revive those stones from the rubbish. They even said if a fox jumped upon the wall, it would be so poorly to be constructed or fall down. Tobiah jumped in by implying that the job was too big. When the task seems impossible, when this happens, there's usually going to be a Tobiah there. Huh? A co-signer. Okay? They don't just come in ones. Are you with me? What's the real issue here? They did not see those walls going up. They couldn't see the walls coming up. Habitual critics, they'll always resist change. Huh? I'll repeat it again. Those that don't want change usually become critics. Or critics, habitual critics, don't like change. And here you're trying to change or you're going to change. So expect it. I wonder if the work of God, I wonder when anybody really puts their hand to the plow to do the work of God. I wonder when anybody really tries to rebuild but claim they're not getting hit. It makes me wonder, are you really serving God? Are you really trying to do a great job for God and you're not getting hit? Huh? That's like a soldier that never gets shot at. Or a basketball player that no one tries to block the shot. Okay, are you really in the game? The truth is, at any time, someone takes God at his word and begins to rebuild something of value. There will be a Sanballat. There will be a Tobiah. There will be opposition. There will be ridicule. Your morale and your motive and your mission will be attacked. For example, Victor Outreach believes that society needs to return to the strong biblical foundation for marriage and family. Okay, you can look it up, download the PDF form. But try to tell that to our postmodern era world. Okay, they're going to come against, what are you doing in that church? Why are you staying a, a celibate while you're single? Don't you love her? 
Don't she love you? Why? They're going to come against our biblical values and foundations. Listen to them mock and ridicule those of us who try to take family and marriage values from the Bible. You'll find opposition from without. But listen to me, it might sound funny. I wear it as a badge of honor. Huh? If no one's trying to hit me, that means no one's worrying about me. Okay? You see? They're not my enemies, but they're just easily manipulated by the enemy. And if I'm not on his target, I'm not doing nothing valuable. You see, there'll always be someone asking you the question, are you going to finish it? Are you really going to do it? How long is this fad going to last? Opposition not only comes from without, but it also comes from within. From without, it didn't really have too much effect on Nehemiah. You see, it didn't demoralize him. But many now of his tribe of Judah, they started getting ready to lie down. The people around, they started getting tired. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay, this church gets attacked, right? Because we're doing God's job. Okay, if you say this church ain't getting attacked, then we're not doing nothing. But if we're doing God's mission, this church should be getting attacked. But now let's say our leaders, they're, they're not, it's not phasing them. They, they're already experienced runners and they already know how to run after getting hit. They know how to keep focus on the goal and mission. All they have in mind, man, is scoring and victory. But the people around them start getting tired. Hello? Those are called attacks from within. After being hit by opposition, Judah started saying that their strength was being gone, was failing. That they're working too much. That they're too busy. That maybe there's too many meetings. There's too much rubbish. They started becoming doubtful that they could finish the task. Are you with me? Those words have a haunting sound of all the people in Judah. Judah was the strongest of the tribes, of the 12 tribes. Judah was the strongest. I don't know about you, but I needed to get a hold of God this morning. So I was excited to come here this morning. And the most important thing that I wanted was worship. Huh? Okay, because out of all the other things I know is worship that's going to guarantee most of the victories. And here the tribe of Judah, which was the tribe of was the one making the biggest noise and they're supposed to be the strongest. That's the one that the scepter shall not depart from, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. These are promises from God. What happened? Fatigue, frustration, and failure plagued them. Fatigue was a contributing factor to their fr uh, frustration. Say it, fatigue leads to frustration. Fatigue leads to frustration the strength of their labors is failing they had been working so hard at the task that they started getting tired they were physically depleted we're not talking about little bricks here they weren't using these bricks that you 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 know to build like you see landscaping today if you ever look at that area of Jerusalem back in those times, those stones are massive and you wonder how did they do it without bulldozers? How did they manage to move these stones and build these walls? And so it was a heavy job, really. You got to give them a little credit. But they started getting tired. Fatigue started setting in and it became discouraging them. This is often the root at your and my failures when we're getting ready to quit. 
we start getting tired first. We start getting tired first. Are you with me? And then we get discouraged. We start losing the sight of the goal. We stop seeing that we can finish. We forget our purpose. We forget our mission. And then we start thinking, I want to quit. What's the use of going to church today? What's the use of going to my life group today? What's the use of doing my ministry today? Do you follow me? It's because you're allowing fatigue to come in and go into discouragement. We got to keep our eyes focused on the goal. We got to keep focused on the mission. We got to keep focused on the purpose. Don't let yourself get tired of building your marriage. Don't let yourself get tired of seeing your family get restored. Don't let yourself get tired of believing the promises that God had given you. Because once you do, you're going to start getting discouraged. Keep your eye on the goal. Keep your legs moving towards the score, the touchdown. Are you with me? Man, there was so much rubbish to be cleared. They lost their enthusiasm. They lost their vision. They took their eyes off the goal. Huh? When you're in the process of rebuilding, you're going to be tempted to do this. Can I get an amen? But it's key to remember that the Jews were at their halfway point at this time. Halfway. Huh? I used to crack up. It used to make me laugh so much when they say, the guy got halfway done with the race and turned around and went home. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Nehemiah says, so we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. And by the way, that's a dangerous place to be in the process. Say that's dangerous. Huh? Reverend Derek, where you at? Anna, what's the name of your life group? And today, championship fights go. Six is the. That's a dangerous place to be. That's where the line is drawn that separates those that are going to quit and real winners. That's where your natural breath wears out. Huh? And you have to have God on your side to finish. That's when you have to dig deep. And get that extra wind, man. When you're swallowing air, it feels like razor blades are going down your throat. Don't laugh at me. I used to run. <laughs> when you feel like you can't run no more, you're only halfway done with your day's jog. Are you with me? Huh? You got to remember that the Jews were at their halfway point at this time. And Nehemiah says, so we built the wall. The Bible's talking about they're getting hit. The Bible's talking about that opposition is coming their way from without. Now it's talking about that even Judah's coming against them. And all Nehemiah says is, so we kept building. Huh? We kept going forward. We kept doing the right thing. Often, this is the most discouraging place along the journey. Some of you here today that are hearing me are at this point. You're halfway done. You're halfway there. Huh? You, 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 you know you're not where you should be, but you know you're on your way there. Don't get discouraged. 
Huh? You have to know that you're able to build. You're able to, to, to continue as long as you don't throw the ball down. As long as you don't turn around and run the other way. As long as you don't crumble. But you keep your legs moving towards the finish line. Towards the goal line. Hallelujah. They said that the, one of the raiders' uh, ends died in front of their hotel. On the sidewalk, it was snow, it was freezing. He froze to death because somebody painted a goal line in front of the hotel. <laughs> he couldn't cross the goal line, never mind. <laughs> Had to wake you up here. <laughs> Sometimes opposition from within comes in the form of a butt. I'll let that one go. Not all butts are good butts. Huh? I pay tithes, but. I'd answer the call of God, but. I would try harder, but. Huh? Not all opposition is only going to come from people around you, but sometimes the hits from within are going to come from your low self-esteem, from your own bad habits. Do you follow me? Get ready for the shift, Pastor said. Shifting doesn't happen until you let your old ways go, your old way of thinking go, and you allow the new mind to take place. No longer am I a quitter. No longer I'm a finisher today. I'm I'm a finisher today. I don't care about no butts no more. I believe in God's promises. Hallelujah. Huh. That's a great idea, but. That's super, but. <laughs> Not behave this Sunday. <laughs> when, that, when someone begins to say that, or you hear it in your own head, don't believe it. You might as well not hear everything before the but. If you take English, I, I went to school sixth grade. I could be a brain surgeon. <clears throat> but but erases what was just said. And all you listen to is what comes after the but. Huh? You understand? So, you know me, I'd rather do all this, this, and that because I'm all the way 100%. But then, no, you're not 100%. You're a quitter. When rebuilding, the thing that hurts the most isn't really the opposition that comes from without because that's what you kind of expect from people you don't know. But it's what the opposition that comes from within because we expect things from people we love. You see, Nehemiah, he dealt with opposition head on. He persisted at his task. Are you with me? After he got hit initially, Nehemiah kept going. As he kept moving towards his goal, the opposition increased. Huh? You guys want to quit and go home now? Huh? I didn't sign up for this. Okay? Is your family worth it? Huh? Right? Anita is here. Celestino is here. Little Cell is here. Huh? Anita, was it worth it? Huh? Okay, I, I met Anita in 1989, okay? Uh, she was my home director, all right? Right there on, on Grove Way, right, Anita? Huh? She's gone through a lot, and she's been through a lot. 
things have come this way and that way. And I'm sure when everything seemed like it was going bad, everything continued on going bad. But today, her children, her grandchildren, are you with me? Huh? Are you with me? Huh? You need to keep your eye, man, on the go. Are you with me? How did Nehemiah deal with his conflict head on? Well, it says that he began to pray. He began to pray. He says, we made our prayer to God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. He prayed. But it continued to even work harder. Huh? I love prayer. But sometimes people, let me pray on it. Oh, shut up. It's time to get busy, man. Should have been praying. Pray and stay busy. Learn how to pray all through the day. Learn how to pray without ceasing. Learn how to pray while you're at work, man. Even learn how to pray in the middle of an argument. Oh, Rabbi Shekete, love you. Prayer is needed, it's must, it's imperative, it's essential. But it's no substitute for action. You can't get rid of prayer. But don't just say I'm praying and act like you don't have to get busy. What should you do when you meet opposition and rebuilding? You need to pray. But you need to go ahead and deal with the opposition head on. Are you with me? What are you doing about that thing that's coming against you? Praying. Okay. Are you seeking to rebuild a marriage? First pray. You got to pray. I need you, Father. But then do something. Begin to do things that you did when you first was trying to catch that guy or that girl. Huh? This morning, Debbie winked at me like she did when she was 15. <laughs> Had the same effect, too. Almost called in sick. <laughs> when he got hit with opposition, he didn't quit. He didn't fold up and fall to the ground. He didn't fumble the ball. He didn't let the ball go, and he didn't run in the opposite direction. No, he kept moving forward towards his goal. And this is the mark of a true overcomer and true rebuilder. Are you with me? Huh? Real overcomers, they, they have op optimism. That's positive thinking, correct? And this is contagious. Are you with me? When people are seeing things, man, Sister Gina, I, I appreciate you so much, man. I used to burn her minutes up before Metro had Unlimited. But I don't care what I threw at her. She always had a positive response on Gina. She always had a, my God, with her husband, Robert. Huh? always had a positive response, and that was contagious, man. When I hung up the phone, I, I got on the phone ready to cut everything loose. Huh? And, and, and I had a thousand excuses why I, had, I was valid. But after getting on the phone, man, I, wanted, I, I found new limits. Huh? It's contagious. Do you follow me? 
Huh? It's contagious. They, they persevere in the face of opposition. It's one thing to get started correctly. As a matter of fact, that's essential. It's another thing to build team spirit and to be able to mobilize and motivate people around you. It's one thing to let go without letting up. It's another thing to delegate the task. But the real issue in building and getting and continuing your mission to completion is to get the ability to overcome your obstacles to keep after it after you get hit to persevere in the face of opposition that strikes at your morale that will strike at your motive that will strike at your mission we need to develop man this ability a matter of fact this ability has to get mastered if we're going to have true victory man to overcome when these three areas get hit in your life yes yards after contact make the difference in life even though you've been hit with opposition but it's never too late for new beginnings huh I'm going to share something with you you've been crumbling that's alright you're here and I'm going to tell you something else inside each one of us God put an overcomer inside each one of us God put a warrior inside each one of us there's more than a conqueror do you believe me? Say, prove it. Good. You should make people prove what they're preaching. The Bible said, let us make them in. Is God a sissy lala? Neither are you. This is in us. But sometimes, because of years in the world, man, huh? it developed things and we got used to quitting. We got to where we don't like opposition no more. Huh? We got to where I just like to be by myself, me, myself, and me. Huh? We like to be in a prison cell just by me. Okay? But that's not the way we were created. You need to dig down deep, man, and pull out that person that God created, that warrior that's inside of you, that overcomer that's inside of you, that more than a conqueror that's inside of you. The enemy had influenced them. They started picking up on gossip around them. You see, the people started talking, and Nehemiah caught on. He says, wait a minute. They're repeating what the enemy says. How are they able to hear what the enemy says? They must be too close to the enemy. That's a what? How are they hearing what the enemy said? They must be too close to the enemy. I've seen this happen with people that begin good and want to rebuild. They simply just stay on the outskirts, close to where the enemy's gossip is. Their ear never gets totally tuned in to God's word. Their heart never totally surrenders to the Holy Spirit to lead them and to guide them completely. They keep hearing the voices of the enemy. And so when they talk, all you hear come out of their mouth are the words of the enemy. And Nehemiah caught on. They said, look, man, these guys are repeating the enemy's voice. They're too close to the enemy. I got to bring them in. Living near the enemy causing them to put their focus on the enemy themselves. Are you with me? Huh? They never really removed the rubbish, you see, that accumulated over the years. 
you want to rebuild, remember, you got to make adjustments. And before you rebuild, you can't rebuild on rubbish. you got to clear that area out. You can't rebuild on that rubbish. But they don't want to make these changes. They want to just rebuild. Why ain't it working? Why is everything I'm doing failing? Because you're trying to rebuild without clearing out the rubbish. You see, I'm going to tell you something. That wall that Nehemiah had, uh, are you getting anything? You love God? The mission that was given to Nehemiah to rebuild that wall, the foundation actually was solid. It was a wall that crumbled. Okay? It was a wall that crumbled. And so there was years of debris around it that accumulated on top of the foundation. You see, they might have gotten the walls up, but the first big wind or storm that would have came would have made it crumble again. Hello? Don't get so quick and want to rebuild things. Huh? You know, rub the bottle and pop. Microwave. Takes work. Roll your sleeves up. Many of us are in the process of rebuilding, but we don't have to lay a new foundation. You see, simply we need to start removing the rubbish and get down to the strong rock. All we got to do is start removing the rubbish and get down to that strong foundation. Some of our marriages at first had a strong foundation. Are you with me? But rubbish has been piling up over the years. You need to start removing that rubbish and get back to the foundation. That's why so many are up here in relations and then they're back down and they're up and they're down and then they go around and around in that crazy cycle. We need to start making proper adjustments and remove the rubbish before we begin to build are you with me do you want the building to last do you want the building to handle everything that comes its way well then you can't build on just anything you have to build on solid ground so the first step is you need to remove the rubbish if I want to build a new building here where this building stands the first thing has to happen is this one has to be tore down and then before I build I got to Remove the rubbish. I can't just build on it because it's going to crumble. It's going to be unstable. Do you follow me? But you first need to remove the rubbish. You simply just have to remove it. Others keep uh, rebuilding on rubbish, t- rubbish today. There's people that still try to build on their own ways and their own thinking and their own uh, 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 ways of handling things. Are you with me? But everything starts going really good at first. You're here for three months, six months, huh? Your wife let you back in, gave you the remote control. You guys' hearts are flying again. Then what happens? But you didn't really attack the heart of the issue. You didn't really go in there and start the labor rolling your sleeves up and removing the rubbish. But people that really want to have victory, people that really want to build for the long haul, you know one thing, man. You got to make these adjustments. You got to go in there and let God remove things. Let people speak into your life, man. Make some adjustments. Make some changes. Don't be a fool and build on the sand. Those that hear my words and don't take heed. Nehemiah dealt with conflict head on, and now he makes his proper adjustments. Remember, it's halftime, and Nehemiah starts making some adjustments. He gathers his troops at halftime. He moves the rubbish, and he starts making these adjustments. He calls his people off the wall. He brings them in together, and he gives them a talk. 
like a veteran coach of a championship team. Nehemiah makes all these adjustments. What does he tell him? He says, don't be afraid. He starts attacking and addressing their fear. Huh. Then he encourages them to remember how great the Lord is and how awesome he is. He reminds them that the battle is not really yours, but the battle is God's himself. Then he exhorts them. He says, fight for your brother. Fight for your mother. Fight for your daughter. Fight for your children. Fight for your future. Fight for your neighborhood. Fight for your job. Fight for your loved ones. Fight for your future. Look at Nehemiah as he deals with conflict head on. And now he makes all the proper adjustments. Some of us are still trying to rebuild on rubbish. Remember, it's the yards after contact. Hallelujah. That's like being down, crying at you scored. Three, keep doing what's right. Having dealt with conflict head on and make the proper adjustments, now Nehemiah continues to do what's right. He simply puts it this way. All of us returned to the wall. Everyone to his work. You see, they mocked him, but he kept rebuilding. They ridiculed him, but he kept rebuilding. They threatened, but he kept rebuilding. They despised him, but he kept rebuilding. They conspired against him, but he kept rebuilding. He kept doing what was right. The apostle Paul was a master at this. He had good stats in the yak, in the yards after contact. What did he say? He said, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. He says, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not yet destroyed. Are you with me? Paul's saying, I get right back up. And I keep doing the right thing. He knew that it's the yards after contact that enable us to rebuild broken walls and broken lives. And lastly, you got to rally the troops. Rally the troops. Help team spirit. Help morale. Are you with me? Huh? I know sometimes, man, uh, I get around certain people and just... They put me on a bummer. Huh? I mean, I walk in all lively and... <laughs> then I get around and... You know, in the world I would say, brother, you're chopping my high, man. You just made me straight. Huh? But then you get around certain people and they just have a way to pick you up. They got that smile that just... Makes you warm inside. You know, you get a complex because you start smiling and then you go, wait a minute, I got to look mean. Huh? If you're still there. Huh? You all need to have a Nehemiah to encourage you in rebuilding. We all need a Nehemiah to rally the troops around us. But we need to become Nehemiahs. If it hadn't been for Nehemiah, the Jews would have abandoned their post. They would have given up the task. They wanted to finish their mission. They would have left all that rubble, that rubbish in shambles as they would have did for many years. But he's be, he dealt with conflict head on. He made the adjustments. He kept doing what was right. And then he built up and he rallied the troops. Are you with me? Nehemiah had a rallying point for his whole team. He kept the trumpeter always at his side. 
He said, whenever you hear the trumpet sound, rally to us there. Our God will fight us. Whenever you see Marco Polo, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a wrong parallel, but it's okay. You see the picture? The workers were all spread out, scattered along the wall. See, building a church or helping build God's kingdom, so to speak. A lot of us are not going to be around each other. You might be working in Pleasanton or Dublin or San Jose. You might be in Hayward or San Leandro or Oakland during the days doing things. You might be working with children or the ladies or the men's home. You might be running errands to get flyers. Whatever you're doing for the kingdom, sometimes you're not with everybody, but you're going to hear them. They were laboring. They were all scattered. They were, they were at the task of rebuilding, but at the sound of the trumpet, they were to leave everything and come and rally around Nehemiah for the final overthrow of the enemy. The focal point of the whole strategy was their commander-in-chief and the trumpeter by his side who would sound the signal together. You know, I have an a, a aching desire, but the parallel here is really our commander-in-chief is God, okay? And he said that the trumpet will blow to bring us in, okay? But to bring it here at home, these are, these are our commanders right here, okay? And they have been placed as our spiritual overseers. God speaks to them, okay? Like it or not. And God will tell them what they have to do. They might understand it or not. But our job is not to worry if they know what they're doing or not. Our job is when we hear the call to come, we need to drop whatever we're doing. And we need to show up, man. Okay? What is more important? You see, God has given them a message, a warning. And then we have to come and help fight the enemy that is trying to destroy, to stop, to detour the call and mission and purpose of victory outreach. Heart of the Bay, are you hearing me? What are you going to do, man? I need to continue baking uh, uh, pasteles. But until you hear the horn, you got to keep working. <laughs> you got to keep overcoming obstacles. You got to keep dealing with them head on. Are you with me? Huh? You see, people begin to rally around somebody when they see that God's in it. When they see that your voice isn't yours but that your voice is actually the voice of God. Huh? The, or is it the voice of Sanballat? Or is it the voice of Tobiah? Huh? When people are trying, are you telling them, you're not going to be able to do it? Or are you telling them, keep it up, man? Huh? Just think, man, in a couple of years, you're going to have your kids back. Huh? All right, just think, man, pretty soon this will all be a, a memory that you could only help teach others from. Huh? You're going to have it together, man. Just think about it. Huh? Can you sit with me for a minute? Let's look at your future. Huh? It's so bright you need to wear uh, sunglasses. Can you hear it? That's what you're telling people or you tell them it's never going to work. It's going to crumble. Huh? Or is it the voice of Judah that you're saying, you know what, I'm tired. I'm working too much. Huh? Okay? And we get tired. Okay? But you have to know when you start saying that, pump your brakes, brother. Pump your brakes, sister. 
and refocus your vision. Because huh? I'm going to tell you, when you got everything in line, somehow God gives you another breath, man. Huh? When you got everything in line, God just restores you, man. When you hit your limit and you can't go on any further, but you get refocused, all of a sudden those limits crumble because now God is living through you and my God has no limits. Are you with me, church? I'm going to tell you right now, man, don't be crying to other people that are under you and discouraging them. Get refocused. Get around an older brother. Get around an older sister that can help get your mug and oh, I, I could do it. Yeah, you could. Nehemiah is shouting to us today: Don't quit. Don't fumble the ball. Huh? Somebody said that if you never take a shot, you're guaranteed to miss 100. percent Take a shot. Don't lie down. Don't run the other way. Keep moving forward keep moving forward I believe that there's a lot of us here today I'm one okay I'm a rebuilder are you with me there's a lot I'm believing in God to rebuild and I believe that I'm not going to see a lot of it get rebuilt in my time it might be Julian's time he might be the one that gets to see it rebuilt huh do you follow me but I must practice this in my own life and I believe there's a lot of you here today. You're rebuilding family. Huh? Things have happened and you feel like your legs have been just cut off. A family member has died. Are you with me? Huh? That song, remember that song? Starting all over again. It's gonna be. Don't sing it because then you guys want to start dancing. It's hard. Okay? But it don't really tell you what you're gonna go through. But you got to want it. I heard a preacher say one time, I can cook all the meals for you. I could even teach you how to cook. But I can't teach you how to get hungry. Huh? I can preach. We can tell you everything you need it to. But the desire and want has to come from you. you got to want to win. you got to want the change. You gotta want the victory. You gotta want the finished product. Huh? You see, when you're building, sometimes it takes longer than you planned on at first. And it always costs more than your original budget. Hmm? And what's, you, you could drive around and you see houses and buildings that were left half built. I always came home from Sacramento. There's that big old, I don't know what it was gonna be, a mall or something on the side of the road. It's, they just left it half built. They spent a lot of money and time. They might have been at the halfway point, but they quit. You see, we're going to quit if we don't tap into that desire. You got to keep seeing the finished product. I'm going to tell you something. Winning is worth it. Ask Anita. Huh? If you're able to ask Pastor Steve... <laughs> you say it's worth it. My number one disciple, it's worth it. <laughs> uh, is it worth it? It's worth it. Huh? Whatever you got to do, man. Whatever you got to do, let's do it. I believe there's a lot here. I'm going to ask for the altars to be open.
Because if you're like me, you need help. If you're like me, you need a lot of prayer. If you're like me, we need one another. All the power comes from God, but strength comes from the body. We need each other. We need God. If you're committed, ask God for the strength. Here ask God to help keep you focused. My life if you're not committed, ask God.